In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. All right, the Lord is good. Let's read our Bibles quickly to the book of Nahum, chapter 1. We always declare the glory of the Lord by proclaiming the prophetic word. All right, we'll do from verse 2 to verse 8. Are you there? All right, the Lord is good. All right, one, two, let's go. A jealous and avenging God is the Lord. The Lord is avenging and wrathful. The Lord takes vengeance on his adversaries, and he reserves wrath for his enemies. The Lord is slow to anger and great in power. And the Lord will by no means leave the guilty unpunished. In whirlwind and storm is his way, and clouds that he does beneath his feet. He rebukes the sea and makes it dry. He dries up all the rivers. Bashan and Carmel wither. The blossoms of Lebanon wither. Mountains quake because of him, and the hills dissolve. Indeed, the earth is upheaved by his presence, the world and all the inhabitants in it. Who can stand before his indignation? Who can endure the burning of his anger? His wrath is poured out like fire. And the rocks are broken up by him. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble. And he knows those who take refuge in him. But with an overwhelming flood, he will make a complete end of his sight. And will pursue his enemies into darkness. Hallelujah. Let's read verse 7 again. One more time. The Lord is good, a stronghold in the day of trouble, and he knows those who take refuge in him. Amen. Amen. Those who take refuge in him will not be disappointed. Amen. Let me say that again. Those who take refuge in the Lord will not be disappointed. Amen. Father, we thank you, because indeed we take our refuge in you. We proclaim with our voices this morning that our refuge is in you. Everybody say, say, my refuge, my refuge. is in the Lord. Say, the Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my strength. I want you to say that at least five times. The Lord is my refuge. Again. The Lord is my strength. Again. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my strength. Two more times. The Lord is my strength. The last time. The Lord is my refuge. The Lord is my strength. Amen. Father, we thank you. This morning we receive from you understanding, Amen. we receive from you insight, Amen. and therefore we declare as follows, the Lord has given me the spirit of wisdom and revelation in the knowledge of him, and I am being filled with the knowledge of his will, in all spiritual wisdom and understanding. As a result of this, I am walking in a manner worthy of the Lord, I am pleasing him in all respects, I am bearing fruit in every good work, and I am increasing in the knowledge of God. God is entering my heart. He's giving me light and direction. He's healing me in every area. And he's making me more and more like the Lord Jesus. In the name of Jesus Christ. Amen. I said amen. amen. Alright, the Lord is good. Let's take our seats quickly. Uh, good morning. It's a blessed day for you today in Jesus' name. Alright, we're going to continue looking at the grace of the Lord Jesus. 
the grace of the Lord Jesus. What is grace? Grace is God's power. His power released towards those who believe. That is what grace is. I want you to reprogram your mind from defining reflexly. That is, once you say, what is grace? Just say, unmerited favor. I like your mind to be reprogrammed so that what you say instantly has to, will contain power. Grace is a power of God revealed towards those who believe. So when we say the grace of the Lord Jesus, what we mean is everything that God is able to do, every power that is able to release because of the sacrifice of Jesus on the cross. Again, let me remind us, Christianity is not about good behavior, even though Christians behave well. You know, sometimes people just take, because you said one thing, and you didn't say the other one. They say the other one, you said not to do it. People have gone to tell me that, uh, Pastor Bank said, men are not supposed to be nice. Did you hear that? They are, you know why they are laughing? They are laughing that they think you are confirming that, yes, you say we shouldn't be nice. That's not what he's confirming. No. Please don't misunderstand him more. But the way that your laughter came, I could feel the spirit of the laughter. <laughs> Just because I lay emphasis on the most important thing does not mean that I'm, I'm saying don't do the other things. I'm just saying don't. You know, that's why people now say that, uh, you know, um, women are not supposed to use braids. And, you know, churches have been built on the fact that um, the Bible says women should not use braids. Just because Peter said that let your adornment be according to the inward man of the heart, not with braided hair and embroidered clothing and jewelry and all of that. They say, you see, don't use braided hair. So churches banned braids, banned all kinds of adornment. Hey, Peter said, this was not what I meant to. I was just saying, lay the emphasis where it belongs. Please, get me when I say my own thing too. When I say Christianity is not about good behavior, I'm not saying we are bad behaving people. I'm just saying that is not what defines us as Christians. That's why a joker will arise, do everything anti-Christian, but give food to the poor. And they say he's a man of God. People argue with you. As if, you see, you see, he's giving food to the poor. I like one thing uh, John G. Lake said in one of his books. He was describing a story somebody told. That one day a man went to the seashore and met a crab. Say, Mr. Crab, do you smoke? The crab said, No, I don't. Do you drink? He said, No, I don't. He said, Do you humanize? Crab said, I don't. He said, Oh, I've met a fellow Christian. <laughs> was a crab. <laughs> but you get the point. That Christianity is not about I don't, I don't, I don't. That's what I was trying to emphasize. Christianity is about the power of God in the life of that child of God. That's what Christianity is about. Christianity is about the gospel, or let me put it this way, it's about believing that God sent his son, equal with God, came down in the likeness of flesh, lived amongst men, with a body that was prepared as a sacrifice. And that sacrifice is the eternal sacrifice. When I say eternal, prepared before time, all right, released at the appropriate time, 
valid for all time. I hope you're getting my point. That's what I mean. That is, every sacrifice that has been offered on this earth, every sacrifice that has ever been offered that is valid, is a type of that Son of God. What is Christianity? That one day, because we have to get these things clear. People are getting confused. Any words, people are doing good work now. They say they are Christians there. I'm not saying Christians don't do good works, but that's not what makes us Christians. Christianity is that Jesus came, he died on the cross, and most importantly, everybody please say most importantly. Please, say it again. Most importantly. Good. The most important thing is that he rose again from the dead. If you don't believe in the resurrection of Christ, you are serving a dead God. Yes. One of my classmates cracked the joke. my very good friend. Let me look at my classmate. A very good friend of mine. But he said it to my classmates. He said that the grass on the, he lives in the U.S. That the grass on his lawn, <laughs> they, are, they were dying out because of the heat. If you're reading about the heat in Texas. And that his sprinkler, the sprinkler system in his yard that's been bad for a while. And he's not had time to fix it. So one day that there's a Korean guy down his street. <laughs> he owns a sprinkler fixing company. So the guy came to his house, knocked on the door, asked for permission to access his yard, and the guy fixed everything. I wonder if he's fixing everything. They asked him, oh boy, how much is my bill? He said, no, you don't pay me anything. That God said I should do it. Now, don't worry. Don't fix your mind on that, all right? I'll get to where the joke. He said, the guy said, no, that God said he should come and do it for him. So that now his sprinklers are working, so he can now wet his grass and stuff. He now said, meanwhile, I'm in this class with people who have oil money, and God is not talking to them. <laughs> now, that was a joke in it. The guy's a comedian. So I answered I knew who he was referring to. I said, he's serving a dead God. He doesn't talk. That was my answer. I said, ah, his God is dead. How can he talk? Yes, he has money, but his God is dead. So don't expect him to say anything to him. I hope you're getting my point. We serve a living God. I hope you're getting my point. And we serve a living son of God. There is no, listen, there is no body that even makes that claim that their founder, founder is not dead. The Buddhists have never said the, the Lord Buddha is not dead. I don't know who started, I Krishna. I don't, Hindus, I don't know. I don't, no, no, nobody makes that claim, that's the point. Even the day I heard this, the, the Ekists, those who do Ekanka, Natural way back to God. Yeah, I heard them talk. I said, no, you guys, you don't get it. You know, they, are, they have what they call the Mahanta. But the Mahanta dies. So they appoint a new Mahanta. Each time one dies. Do you get my point? <laughs> now, so please, where I'm going is, in all of this is that everybody understands that people die. The other day I stumbled into something. Well, you know, I stumbled into things, I read things. I found out that a lot of Buddhas, please, let me just say something to you. Love Jesus Christ too. And thank God that he gave you the knowledge of Christ. You know what I'm saying so? 
I read, I read a lot. I'm always reading things. My wife will come to me, what are you reading? I'm reading this. I'm watching this. I'm always getting information. So I stumble into stuff. And every time I stumble around, you know what I find? I find that I like Jesus Christ more. I love Jesus Christ more. I appreciate him more. Because, you see, there is really nothing hmm, that Jesus did that people did not desire or aspire to or wish for even long before he came. Do you know this his death and resurrection? Buddhists have a cult that people will sit down, starve to themselves to death sitting down and die sitting down, hoping that one day they will rise again and save everybody. People have been known to crawl into their... Now, I'm not joking about this. I don't want to give you the... Well, I have the name somewhere, but I don't have time to look for it now, all right? The name of the phenomenon. They've been known to crawl into their graves, asking people to just close it. They meditated so deeply till you want to... Claustrophobia will kill you if they put you in that kind of place. No, these people have meditated so deeply have starved themselves, lived an ascetic life so much, some of them are believed to have died of starvation sitting down. They go through a long process. Then the final phase of the process, they stop taking water, stop taking food. Absolutely. And they will sit down there until they die. Some even believe that they give them special bruise that hasten the death for one single purpose, that they may rise again and save everybody. The one I, read, one I read that man was that one knocked me out like, the guy entered his grave, closed the door. I see you guys when I rise again. I don't know how many hundreds or thousands of years later, it is the mummy we are looking at, you know, his mummified body. So people are gazing upon. Then it hit me. Maybe somebody saw a vision of the Messiah of God. I hope you're getting my point. Maybe. And he taught it to them. Because you understand that these practices began before the time of Christ. That's why you've heard me teach about it many times. What we see in the Bible, you know, Judaism. The people were unique, but the concepts were not unique. The people were called out, purified by God, so as to bring Christ out. But people all over the place, different parts of the earth, they knew that something was supposed to come. The whole creation was groaning. The whole creation was groaning. Some not understanding how to go about it. They took it upon themselves that they would be the Messiah. But they were not. Sometimes I look at some of those people, eh? I feel bad for them. Why do I feel bad? Because I realize that there were sincere people amongst these ones. Oh. The man that we call Buddha himself, all right? That's not his real name. I don't, that's one long, complicated name like this. Right? So I don't know it. can't remember it by heart, all right? He was from a privileged home, Hindu background. He forsook everything looking for enlightenment. I hope I get my point. He forsook everything. Did they have the Eki stock that I can people? They said they have the God man. I say, yeah, you are still looking for the God man? You are still making your own God man? Everything they described about the God man. I said, can't you see that this is Jesus Christ you are describing? Before Christ came, listen to this. People knew he had to come. You know, I've been, I said it over the last few weeks that if you understand spiritual things, and when I say spiritual things, please, let me just say this again. Eh? When I say spiritual things, don't think it's different from physics and chemistry. They're all the same. 
Spiritual things. Hmm? Some people are looking confused now. Physics. Most importantly, mathematics. Mathematics, spiritual things, physical chemistry, they are all the same thing. The only problem with the one you learn in school is that they are, they are not advanced enough. Are you getting my point? If you study advanced biology, advanced genetics, advanced to the ultimate, you know where you will get to? You will find out the things of God. How exactly? God, you read the DNA, you will see the life of God described. So the ones that you don't know that you're saying that there's no God is people they don't, they don't, they don't you know, they, people are in primary school and they feel they are professors. Do you have memories of some of your classmates in secondary school who felt they were very good? We used to walk around like that, the inventor of mathematics. Then you know when you finally go to university and learn something, you look back and I say, that boy was a fool. <laughs> you know, you're just thinking that how could somebody that ignorant could have felt that good with himself? And that's what's going to happen on this earth. Ignorant people are feeling like they are the epitome of knowledge. Sometimes I hear them talk. In my own little, I don't know too much, all right? The little I know, you can see the foolishness in the things that they are saying. One man boldly made a statement, trying to mock things. He said that, well, <laughs> that whether, an, whether an immaterial being can affect the material world. The man who answered him, a Christian, listen, so let's first start. Number one, are your emotions material? Did you catch that? Yes. Do they affect the material world? Yes. So that one, like, look, don't, let's not be arguing about that one. Basic psychology, we know that emotions, things we can't, that are not tangible, they can't, they, look, they set the whole world on fire. So don't even come near that one at all. Mm-hmm. So I just want to dismiss that. So when I say spiritual things, don't think I'm saying things that you have to cross your leg and float in the air for you to understand. I'm talking about real things of life. Real things of life. The first time Albert Einstein head of the quantum entanglement. They call this spooky action from a distance. That is, he said this is like spiritual work. I hope you get what I'm saying. His contemporaries in physics describe things, how particles communicate with each other. They can communicate billions of miles across in an instant. And what they said broke every law of physics that Albert Einstein Arguably the most intelligent physicist that ever lived. And mathematician. Everything he knew. Simple statements from his colleagues broke everything down. So he couldn't accept it. So he said, you are telling me about this. Okay, let me use the word we understand. He said, these are spiritual actions across the distance. But it's the foundation of a whole field of physics. Quantum physics. Quantum mechanics. Now, where I'm going with all of this is that when we're saying spiritual things, don't think we're saying things that, uh, you know, it's those of you who go to church that who don't know, who don't know stuff, that think like that, you know? If you, if you, if you, if you come to, you know, understand life, physics, chemistry, that's when we we'll come down to your level. I hope you're getting my point. The level we are talking about is the deep advanced physics. When physicists have studied and studied, they get there eventually. It may take them one million years of book. But we want to spare ourselves the million years of racking our brains. We'll go to meet the creator and say, please explain. Just like saying that, when you say spiritual things, we'll look at it as if uh, it's things that, no, it's not exoteric matter. 
is just simply advanced life. I hope you're getting my point. Yeah, back to what I was saying. So I was saying earlier that if you really understood spiritual things, which you know is advanced physics now and advanced, advanced mathematics, you will have known, okay? You will easily understand that once sin entered into the world, the whole world will have crumbled eventually. It's a matter of, now when I say eventually, now, just a few thousand years. I don't mean a million years. Sin is a literal toxic substance released into the earth atmosphere that it, it disturbs the orbit of Pluto. It messes up materials in neighboring galaxies. That's how sin is. So everything began to scatter back to where we began from. All right? And men knew that we actually literally needed a redeemer. The only reason this world did not scatter absolutely hmm, is that Jesus came and redeemed not just mankind, that's the first, but redeemed the whole of creation. Please, I want you to understand that. It's not just mankind that he redeemed, but the whole of creation. The whole of creation. Now I understand what Paul meant when he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. No, when you're a child, they tell you things like that. You too, you repeat it. But now that I'm older, I understand that if you go to places where people have learned their own knowledge and even the solution of God, they will say you are being foolish. Do you know? And I have seen Christians descend. They think they are advancing in knowledge. Again, please. Is anybody here who is very good at arranging? No, all of you are doing how to arrange things. So let me arrange it by my, between me and the Holy Spirit. So let me just want your head. If my mercy is scatters today, may the Holy Spirit arrange it in your heart. Say amen. amen. Uh-huh. All right? I've, even Christians, okay, who think they are advancing, I've seen them begin to ridicule the preaching of Christ. Because they think that, you see, that's the problem we have in the church. Christians are not practical. They are not practical. They don't, they don't talk about the real things that's going on in the world. They, 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 don't, they are not addressing the issues. They're not addressing the issues. They're not addressing the issues. And you're looking at them. Let me tell you the truth. Should I confess my sin? There was a time I fell for it too. Small. But God quickly delivered me. He said, come on, come out from there. So before you start believing lies. Because sometimes you preach this gospel, preach it, preach it. You can't, you know, the issue now is that, okay, how this one way you can't talk now? Take, join the problem. Wait there my front. That's why Paul said, I don't know, I will still preach it. Yeah, that's what Paul meant when he said, I'm not ashamed of the gospel. Say, insult me all you want. They tell you, come to the hospital, somebody is sick. Incurably sick, you get there. Praise God, hallelujah. You know, there's a young girl, there was a young girl. One day she was going on the road. And an angel stopped her and said, Hail Mary. And he said, Are you talking to me? He said, Yeah. You're full of grace. Ah. He said, Blessed are you amongst women. He said, Which kind of greeting is this? You are going to conceive and have a child. Hallelujah. And it's going to be a wonder to many. Ah, I said, oh God, please wait, excuse me. They said this woman is sick. 
near death. What's the story you are telling? Oh, and then Mary said, how can these things be, seeing that I know no man? And then she said, let it be unto me according to your word. And then she visited her cousin, who was six months pregnant. And then, oh, oh. let me be honest, at this point in time in my life, I became impatient with preachers like that. And then she delivered. And then Herod came after the boy. And then the boy went to Egypt. And then he returned. And grew up in favor with God and with man. And then one day, he was baptized. And the Holy Spirit came upon him like a dove. And he went around doing good and healing all who were oppressed of the devil. Because God was with him. And then one day, he went to the cross. And then, he died and rose again. And he's alive forevermore. And he ever lives to make intercession for you and for me. For everyone who will believe in him. Hallelujah. Amen. Father, we thank you for this truth. In Jesus' name. Amen. And he goes away. <laughs> Let me be honest with you. A natural human being will think that guy is crazy. And actually you should. And if you don't think so, you're also crazy too. Yeah, you're also crazy. You should think something's wrong with him. But you know what he just did? He just gave you the power of God unto salvation. He just gave you the power of God unto healing. The gospel is foolish when properly presented. When it's properly presented, it's foolish to the natural man. Like, what is he saying? People have tried to decode, break the gospel down. If I heard the preacher say something once, I laughed. He said, when Daniel and Co. came into Egypt, the Egypt they came into. Babylon, all of them are the same. Egypt, Babylon. <laughs> Times of the world. <laughs> then when they came into Babylon, that they refused to eat certain foods. So what we don't realize was that by revelation they saw that the alkaloid content and the glucose level. I won't tell anybody here who said it apart from my wife. When I get home, if you want to know, you beg me. Say biko. The Lord is good. I was looking like this. I said, this man serious. So basically, it was a dietary thing. It was not a revelation. It was not a spiritual manifestation. It was dietary. I felt like calling the man and saying, bros, let me just ask, tell you something, which maybe you don't know. I know this work more than you. That is food things. I can assure you, it's not 10 days that this your diet work like this. What happens a lot of times, we want to reduce the gospel to common sense. Things that the mind, natural mind can understand. But let me let you know ahead of time, it doesn't happen. The natural mind cannot receive the things of the spirit of God. They are spiritually discerned. Don't try to bring it down to common level. Please don't try. It's impossible. People don't get it. It is absolutely impossible. It doesn't make sense. The gospel, the true gospel. You know, that's why I now found out why Paul didn't write letters teaching the way some of us teach these days, including me. He said, how many... Pages, do you think I will give you in the book finally? I'm, imagine the Holy Spirit telling Paul that you'll be telling the people principle of safety when you travel. 
how not to work at night. What would I, what many things will I write about diet? About business techniques. So you know many, what many of us preachers fell for, and we still fall for it, is that, you know, do you know, once I was in a particular service, a man finished preaching. See, let me tell you, see, see, see this job, eh? It's an anointed job. When I say anointed job, is that you need the power of God to do it. You need the power of God. It's not common sense. You can't, it's not because you read too much book, you become a good preacher. I hope you get my point. The best preachers in the scriptures. Paul, plenty preaching with power is not because he read plenty book. Because Peter also preached. He did not read the book. God chose from everywhere. Those who didn't go to school, they became preachers. Those who had PhD in theology, they became preachers. All of them, God just mixed everything up. So, preaching is not plenty book. Now, why am I saying this? When you are preaching, you can be so much under the unction, even you will, know what you will not know what you are saying. So, one day I was in a particular service. A man finished preaching. That day, my stomach was moving. My spirit was bubbling. The world was hot and hard. It was coming up. Bam, bam, bam. The man finished preaching. He went and sat down. After a while, he came back up to unpreach the thing he just preached. I was like, man of God, why would you do that? And I realized what happened to him. He preached under the unction of the spirit. Then he sat down and heard himself. He replayed the things that he said. It didn't make sense. Then he came back up to explain it away. I was heartbroken. Say, man of God, why would you do that? That one you preached was the spirit. This one means that you cannot even carry the load of the thing that the spirit released. So you came down to water it down for us. There's no need. There's something I see preachers do a lot of times. Please, if a preacher listen to this, try and avoid doing it. A preacher will first finish preaching. You will now come to explain. You've not seen it? Ah, you've not seen it? Assume now, I invite, um, maybe, Okim to finish preaching or John or, you know, Steve, they finish speaking. Then when they go and sit down and I come up to try and make clear the things that they said. You want to know the truth? It's a bad habit. Just leave it. Especially when you believe they spoke the truth. Just leave it. You can't, that thing you are trying to do actually is killing the spirit. Many people don't know it. That thing you are trying to do, you are destroying the work the man just did. Just leave it. Just leave it. Don't even, you know, I've seen things like, this one I want to say as from experience. I've seen things like, oh, now come and say, ha! When the man of God was speaking, there are four points I wanted to go away with from what he said. That is very bad. See, if you forget everything he said, there's one thing you shouldn't forget. That's very bad. Who do you think you are? Holy Spirit? You're not the Holy Spirit. Leave it. Just leave it. Let the man go. Do you know, even when, see, even when he preaches error, just leave him, let everybody go home. 
if you've been teaching people well, they'll be want to come and ask you, say, oh, Gaba, what was he saying? Don't go there and start fighting. Don't go in there and start fighting. I've seen that in people. And I say, okay, ha. Now, from what, from what that man, from what pastor just said, there are three points I wanted to go in with. Abba. God said there are ten points I want them to go with. Who are you? Should I knock your head? Who are you to reduce it to three points? Those three points are the ones that minister to you. It's not our own. We have other problems that you don't have. We have other levels to step into that maybe you have not reached there or you have passed there. We don't know. Don't count for us. What am I trying to explain? See, this is the point. The Holy Spirit, eh? Okay, back to that, that man. If he didn't speak, he listened to himself. He got confused. He came back to come and explain. I feel like, so God, leave it. That's how the things of God are. I have preached My wife can testify many times. I'll get home. I say, okay. I don't know. What was I even saying today? I'm looking like, what did you say? That message that made me feel like I could fly. And me talking. I'm wondering, what did I say? I'm honest with you. At this, I've been feeling so excited. I said, man, I'm anointed. <laughs> I said, do you want to eat? <laughs> that is like, there's no... <laughs> what is telling you that you, you preach like a man that was hungry? Let's leave that. <laughs> anyway, I was feeling excited when I was preaching. Now, what am I going to explain? And that's the fact that, you see, the true gospel, it doesn't always make sense. In fact, it doesn't make sense to the natural person. Now, let me just say something to you. If you're a preacher and you, and you, you count your life, your success on social media, how many followers, how many likes, how many shares, you will lose your ministry, guaranteed. I'm not saying you stand a high chance. Is that what I said? I'm guaranteeing you, you will lose your ministry. You will most set Oh, how else do they say it? Which one is most statistically? Sure. <laughs> okay, thank you. Verily, verily, I say unto you, thou shalt lose thine ministry. You know, because once you become so popular, you know what it means? You're making sense. Sometimes you make bad sense. That these bad people are following you. That one can easily understand. You will soon recover. The bad one, the dangerous one, is when good people are following you because you make good sense. Your ministry is over. And because you enjoyed counting the likes, the shares, and the following, hmm? you don't want to say things that will offend them. And the test of your ministry, one of the tests is the Ability and willingness to offend people. I've seen pastors say something. People react. They, they delete the tweet. If I say something by the Spirit of God, if Elon Musk deletes the tweet, God will punish him. How much more? Me. I'll leave it there. This one was brought up for the, for the rising and falling of many. Jesus said that I came to build, bring a fire and how I wish it was already burning. That's what he came. He came to do. He spoke one day. Everybody left. Peter looked. John, what do you think? He said, John, John said, now, wow. Call James first. Call Andrew. 
let Philip know we're having a meeting. But let me too. Matthew, uh, Judas, hmm? do you think you've been uh, calling? He said, guys, do you hear what he said? Now nah, I heard though. So one guy said, I think we should leave. Another person said, yes, so finally all of them agreed they were leaving. Then Peter asked one question. To where? <laughs> they looked at each other. <laughs> they looked at each other. They said, oh boy, there's nowhere else to go. So Jesus came and said, are you guys done? Say yes. Are you leaving too? Peter said, to whom shall we go? Where am I going? Jesus lost all Twitter followers that day. He was blocked everywhere on Facebook. Did you bother him? I feel like warning preachers. No, because you see, everything in life has advantages. Has disadvantages. Has its uh, risks. Let me put that word. The risks are there. For everything, everything that looks good in life. Now, this is ministry, uh, media ministry is, of course, you know, is the, is the juice now. That's where it is. Everybody launches uh, all kinds of things. Like they say, you know, communication has been democratized. You know, news has been democratized. You know, ministry also has been democratized. What does it mean everybody now can do it now? One of the days I say you can't bring Bible into one country. If you say it, you're just deceiving yourself. Just who open the door so that God will not punish you on top of the fact that the Bible is already entry. You're getting what I'm trying to say. <laughs> it's a beautiful thing. Moving any, but it has its own problems. Every nonsense you say has been democratized. The whole world will hear it as soon as you say it. As the bad side of it. And then, but then this like, share, when we first opened our mini, um, website many years ago, one of the guys working on it, and I said, should I put a heat counter for you? I said, why? He said, a heat counter. How many people log on to the site? I said, you want to put me under pressure? Everybody will be coming to check how many people came. I said, no. Remove it. I said, I don't want to see it. What was my reason? I said, because I don't want to be under pressure to see how popular are we. I said, I don't want to be under pressure. I don't want to be under pressure. Now, so these days, people come under that pressure. And you know what? It's affecting what they say. It's the reason why they don't preach Christ anymore. I want to say it's a matter of fact. These days, it is uncommon to find people who preach Christ. The preaching of Christ is not, it's not popular. Not because people hate you or something. Just that, how would go take hammer? This is the way they preach. I hope you get my point. How would this lead to rapid breakthrough for us? Because the true preaching of Christ cannot focus your mind on this earth. It, it can't. It can't. It can't. It's not, not exactly an exciting thing, except you are spiritually minded. Only the spiritually minded get excited when the things of Christ all right, are being discussed. But let me tell you something about the things of Christ. They are the things of eternity. Every other thing you learn, we pass away fast. After all, once this life is over, this life is over, most of our professions, they are dead. You have an advanced PhD, postdoctoral, everything in medicine. Now when you find sick people, Abby, if they carry you to where there are no sick people, 
Who are you going to treat? No matter the psychology you know, there are no mental cases in heaven. I hope you're getting my point. Everybody's head is working properly. Screwed in the right places. So many of the things we are excited about in this earth, you can't, you're not going to be bringing goods from one place to another place to sell and redistribute to who now? We don't have a problem of distance and logistics. How to freight something from one end of the earth to another. Do you get what I'm saying? So let's get that one clear. So many of the things we are breaking our heads over, they are temporal. But do you know, there are things you will know now and learn now that will mark your personality for eternity. The amount of Christ that is revealed in you now will stay with you forever. That's why people that really know, that's what they go for. They will give up anything materially to be able to hold on to that which is eternal. I hope you're getting my point. Now, I began this again, trying to just emphasize to us that, listen, let's know what Christianity is. Real Christianity is understanding what God did for us in Christ Jesus. And what God is doing. Yeah, let's say it properly. What God is doing right now, we must know it. Because he's doing something. He's doing something, please. I want to... Now... I don't, if I tell you, tell me where, what I, where I was, you will confuse me. So don't tell me where I was. But just know that I want to take a pause and quickly give a small correction to people. All right? I've observed something. This is not part of my message at all. It's a correction I just want to quickly give to people because of my observation. You know, the current government came into power when? How many weeks ago is that? Okay, well, I, okay this is the middle. We well, came to the middle of August now, right? Okay, second week of August, there about. Okay, so not too late. it's not June, July, and then add, add two weeks, all right? Two months and two weeks, there about. Okay, good. It's about 10 weeks. And of course, how quickly we forgot the man wanted to kill for eight years is it's amazing. The last president, people don't even remember him anymore. He's so quick, so quick to forget, all right? But where I'm going is that something struck me this past week. I realized that everybody, in fact, one guy, there's a chat group, I mean, supposed to be focused on an important issue. I had to warn him that, please, what are you turning this place into? I looked over like 10 chats from him. I didn't read any one of them, really, because they come with videos and uh, images to download. I didn't download one. I didn't click on one video. Just the comments that allowed me to know what they're about. Mock, all of them mockery of who and who is being made the minister. Mockery on what and what... Um, Judiciary is doing. You hear this this nonsense. Judiciary, all eyes are on you. It's a sign of bias. You understand? Because if they don't rule the way you want, all legs are on them. You know? Do you follow my point? I don't listen to all that rubbish. Okay? Yeah. I call it rubbish. I know what I'm saying. All right? My eyes are not even on anybody. In fact, it's better to have my eyes on the fuel meter than than judiciary. Well, I'm just going to I just observed something. Many of us may not know it. We are buying the bait of Satan again. We are so preoccupied with insulting. Now, you may say, is this government? No. You've done it all your life, just all your, all your adult life. Just look back. Just look back. Forget this government. Just look back. Those of you who are doing it. Those of us who don't do it, we don't do it. We've never, we don't, like I said, it's not been my thing for over 34 years. 
No, I don't do it. I didn't do it to Bangida. I didn't do it to Abacha. I didn't do it to Absalom. I didn't do it to Obasanjo. I didn't do it to the short period of Shinakon in between somewhere along the line. I didn't do it to Obasanjo. I didn't do it to Gulag Jonathan. Not do it to Buhari. I won't start it now. Never done it. I don't have the time. I don't have the time. But I want to just warn Christians. I feel like Satan is recruiting you again. Get away from it. That's an instruction I want to give. I'm saying it because I've observed it. People who, who, can, who don't know how to pronounce Nijay in French are here analyzing what is wrong with... Now, please, I'm not saying you should analyze. Please, get what I'm, where I'm going. This is a critical thing that I'm talking about. You've already abused everybody, your father's age mates, on things you know nothing about. That's what I want to understand. People ask me a lot of times, do I think... Um, this, and they should do this and do like My best example the time, they said, what do I think of the pardon of Joshua Dari? How many people remember Joshua Dari? Who was tried for a long time, finally convicted, sentenced to prison. He lost all his appeals. He was in jail. Then one day, we woke up in the morning. Him and another person, they were pardoned. And who were in jail for corruption. He said, what do you think about the pardon? I said, eh, I missed the... The Federal Executive Council, or the State Security, whichever, that big one, in which we discussed it that morning, I said I did not go. So I cannot tell you anything now. Maybe when they brief me, I will be able to tell you. You know my reason why I answer like that? I said, why? Stop being stupid. I mean, they don't go here. They discussed state security matters. They didn't give me an idea of their considerations. Are you asking me what I think? If I'm thinking I'm crazy... I just say I have no idea because until I see the the details, I can't just sit down there and decide that it's because they are useless people. Please, I just want to take a small side trip, all right? And please beg Christians, leave that matter alone. I hope you get my point. Let me tell you something. You can't argue. Anytime I've said this, some people have tried to argue back, but they know the argument is empty. I said, if you are doing this, you are not praying. He said, no, it doesn't mean I'm not praying. It, it means. It means you cannot be busy with intercession and have time for the things I stumble into. Was that for? Of course, people don't fault those things to me personally. I, you know, everybody avoid me in that area. They know, say, if you try, if you try, they can't say, well, I will give you and you go regret yourself. Nonsense. No. It's when your brethren my brethren, who are in other chat groups, people will now show you what they are sharing. You now realize that they are hypocrites. Yeah, because when they are with you, they behave. Faith, 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 faith. They are doing faith. But the place where they really eat, where they feast on politics, on, on, on the national issues, it's somewhere else where it's a cesspool of iniquity. Where they poison each other regularly. Where Satan recruits them and turns them into accusers of the government, of the nation, of the land upon which they walk. God blesses them. They can't even sleep peacefully in the midst of the blessing. Is the reason why people make decisions then you look at them and like, is this guy a fool? 
Like, I, you know, we talk about that once in a while here, all right? Please. I don't, like, I keep on saying, please, don't get me wrong when I get to this point. You can go anywhere you like. You know, some people will tell me once in a while. Like, the other day I told her, I was talking to my mother. And she said that her, I said, this person has gone to her brother. I said, I said hey, what are they looking for? I would just ask her, I said, why? He said, it's the morning now. I said, mommy, have you seen a broke person travel? I said, there were, there were days when broke people traveled. American Visa Lottery did that a lot. I said, but now broke people don't do it. You need to raise 15 million, 25 million. I asked my mother, I said, when last did you hear that one jobless guy down the street in our neighborhood traveled? I said, when last? It's regional managers of banks you hear resigned and traveled. These people eating fat. All companies paying them big money, business moving, that carry family and you know, wife and children and export. And some of you say, if a dollar wants to hit 1,000, say, if you're a dollar, I want to hit 2,000. With people like this running around, staying here, looking for money to, to, to sustain a whole family over there. What do you think dollar will do? Sometimes God is doing these things deliberately to choke people. So those children are coming back. This is, see all this noise they are making? They are coming back. So as I leave, <laughs> God is looking at you. So I will distress you. One day, you won't have any choice. They say, hey, people, please, be coming. I've been to school in Enugu. I know how much I pay. Be just be coming. Now, where I'm going with all of that is that, you ask people sometimes, why did they make that decision? It's simple. Go and check the child group they belong to. While it will a man who God has blessed tremendously, who naturally speaking, if you look, uh -uh, life is not only good for him, it can only get better. Why will he do this? Simple. Go and check the child group. See, there's no other thing. Just go and do what? Check the child group. One guy passed a comment once on Twitter. I said, this guy, God spoke to you. He said he has unfollowed all celebrities. You know, Twitter. He said he has unfollowed all celebrities on Twitter. Doesn't follow them again. And he has also unfollowed motivational speakers. If you don't unfollow motivational speakers, oh boy, <laughs> oh boy, you will get up one day, you'll be start walking on the lagoon. <laughs> It will lead you astray. The guy says, I don't following people who are walking. Somebody say, look, I made these shoes. He will follow that person. Somebody say, I'm a furniture maker. He will follow that person. I'm a makeup artist. He will follow that person. I make videos. He says, I'm following people. Then he realize that, ah, see, like, oh, I'm not even doing badly. <laughs> that is, oh, this is how life is. Oh. The same affliction. That I'm feeling. It's being fed by brethren all over the place. Life, real life has not been photoshopped. <laughs> Do you get my point? There are no filters to real life. Oh. The guy said he has learned it. Now, he says since then, this is point. He says since then, his mind has calmed down. Now he sleeps better. He wakes up in the morning, goes about his normal hustle, does his normal work. Whatever God brings, he enjoys it. Knowing that, oh God, you are getting my point. Hey, please get away from. If you are, please let me just give you direct instruction. If you are in a chat group where most of your discussion is how stupid the government is, leave. 
If you're in a chat group where most of the discussion is how bad the country is, leave. They say you are burying your head in the sand. Say, at least it's cool down here. When people want to insult me, I don't even have time to defend it. I say, I like it like that. You that's burying your head, your head in hellfire. Let's see who will outlast each other. Say, in 15 years, we are going to both be, we will both be alive. Let's see now. This 15 years is not a long time. Please, that's the instruction I want to give you today. Eh? Let me end it there. If you're in a chat group every day, they give you reasons to be angry with the government every day. Every appointment is subject to your ignorant analysis. You don't know why things are done, but you are there discussing it. What will you do when you get there? You say, I don't know. You let me get there. I'll do better than these people. So you don't, when, you face, when you face what they are facing, you will, you will calm down. When you say calm down, you will calm down. When the chief medical director of my hospital said something to us long ago, I was head of the department. We were having a meeting. He said, please, you guys should understand. Some of these people are saying that, that he hears people say, that he knows them too. Well, let me let you know, this job, I have three bosses, all of whom I must answer to. When I analyzed them for us, I felt sorry for him. Yeah, he said it. He said every senator from this district, every House of Rep member, they come into my office, they try to boss me around. It's a federal ministry of health. I have to do what they say. The federal minister can't give me an instruction. I do the opposite. So you'll be sitting down there telling him what to do. Sometimes you'll be walking past, you see the way he's spending money. Like, when he tells you, look, that money, nobody asked me about it. They came, showed me a paper that a contract was awarded to them in Abuja. What do you want me to do? So you sit in your office and be, be insulting him money afternoon and night. Say, what we need right is this place, is this kind of thing. The money is spending here now. If he spent it here, the guy looking at you there. Do you think I've seen the money they're spending there? But you sit in your office and insult him day and night on how he's wasting money. I just want to tell all of you that just think that your job is to sit down there and, be, and whine and criticize things that if you know what men are dealing with, if you know what men are dealing with, I'm not saying that I mean, everything that people do, everything that uh, they are, they, what they are doing is all right, but just understand the pressure a man is under. Just understand the pressure before you sit down. Meanwhile, they made you look uh, association secretary general of your department association when you were in school. You saw how difficult it was to collect due from people you can see. <laughs> Please, I, I did all this talk to just be able to persuade you that. Please, leave those chat groups. Just leave. Don't contribute anything to them that is agreeing with them. Leave them. Leave them. Go, go and join the chat group of intercessors. One thing is sure, you will not be poorer than when you are in that chat group. I can assure you. But one thing is guaranteed, you will be happier. You will have a more positive outlook towards life. And you are less likely to make silly decisions about your destiny. Let's get back to our message. The Lord is good. You know, I told you at the beginning, some of those days where the Lord will help you arrange everything in your heart. All right? <laughs> so what we are focusing on, all right, is what God has done for us in Christ and what the Lord is doing right now through Christ in our lives. That is what Christianity is. That's what Christianity is. Again, let me say, when we focus on those things, other things are now added. But we never make the additions the primary focus. 
is where many of us preachers backslide. Because you see, sometimes the preaching of Christ does not bring the results that we focused our eyes on. Again, small digression. Many, many points I bring up today. Be careful what you focus on. Many people in following the Lord had a wrong focus. And as a result, they missed the blessing. They missed the main blessing and even additional blessings to it. People often have the wrong focus in following the Lord. Peter, James, John, Jesus was with them for years. You know, after resurrection, you know how long he stayed with them? At the end of 40 days, you know what they asked him? A question that showed that obviously they missed the point. Yeah, after, you don't get it. Three years, he was teaching them about the kingdom of God. He was teaching them about the kingdom of heaven. He taught them about the fact that redemption has to start from inside, not liberating people from the Romans. That he said, he made it clear to them, I have to suffer. Why? Because John told you guys, this is the Lamb of God that takes away the sins of the whole world. All right? They, they saw it happen. There are things I want to tell you, but you can't bear them now. So he left the matter until they saw those things happen. Then they saw the resurrection. You know, last time I said I'll talk about resurrection today. But let me see whether I can get there. They saw the resurrection. And after everything, Jesus, of course, after resurrection, he came down, having obtained eternal redemption for all, for all of us. If I, by the time, and I believe, by the time they saw him, he had already seen the Father. Because he could now breathe upon them, receive the Holy Spirit. That is, receive the new life. That was not possible until he had offered himself before that is blood before the tabernacle in heaven. It wasn't possible. But so he came, they saw him, he taught them. He taught them a lot. Now, he didn't have enough time. Time was not the issue as much as the brain that they had, the mind, the strongholds. Because there are many things he would have taught them, but he couldn't. He had to wait for Paul. Paul was the one he gave that revelation through, who he appeared to later on. But where I'm going is after everything he said, they now asked him, were you at this time? I just imagine just like, yeah. Now, wow. After everything. And so we heard everything. When are we going to prosper? Like, <laughs> the folk, all this while, he didn't leave their minds. They, now, listen to me. Be careful. You know, I, I say I'm making many points. You have to be careful. Not to let natural pride, okay, national pride, natural national pride be your focus. Many of us in Nigeria, because we are a country of many small nations, so we use the word tribe for our so-called nation, for our, what should be called nations, all right? Don't let tribal pride be your issue. It's satanic. Now, when I use the word satanic, I do not mean that you went to a shrine to be bound down to an idol. I mean, you have left the purpose of God for your life. You don't know the focus, what God is trying to do. What God is trying to do, actually, is to break down the wall of partition. For Peter, he missed the point. He thought that God was going to reestablish Israel as a distinct nation. God had lost interest in that at that point in time. What God wanted was what? One nation that everybody could come into. I hope you're getting my point. That's what God wanted. One nation that everybody could come into. But Peter still did not get the point. 
by the time God was sending him to the house of Cornelius, Peter was still struggling with it. Do you get what I'm saying? Peter was still struggling. It's one reason why God had to bring somebody else to do some of those jobs for him. In the name of Paul. And Paul. Part of Paul's method. Oh, too many things to say. Part of Paul's method of getting the point was that God made it clear to him. You're not worthy to live. You are my enemy. Now let me show you mercy. After that, anything God told him to do, he did. But let's not spit on Paul now. So sometimes people just miss the point of what God is doing really in this life. And I think many times we Christians miss it. We miss it. So what happens is that we get, end up getting disappointed. You follow the Lord for 10 years. Somebody says, what do you have to show for it? You do ministry for sometimes. What do you have to show for it? What do they call show? Is it not the car you park downstairs? And the building, the sea of who, whose name is on it, and the size of it, and the, the number of uh, sheep mixed with goats and wolves that come in and claim to be your members. I don't know what they call show for it in ministry. Like your guy that came, said that, uh, looked at kingdom, was that way, which was far less glorious than this. Can't be here after 10 years in ministry. You know, like, you know, there's way somebody will talk about you. I say, is that me you're talking about? Me, all I have been counting, all right, is check all our messages. Check, check, check. On the online now, we're over 1,600. And that's not all. There are many that we did not bother to put online. There are books and a number of hearts that have been blessed. That's what we're counting. Somebody looking like, this is the facility people use. People are not making a ministry. People have wrong focus. They follow the Lord. Their focus is something that he must do for them. And that's what I want to quickly drop now. Please, get rid of that thing. It leads to disappointments. It does. It leads to disappointments. Not because God is not faithful. Because he said, that's not where I was going. That's not where I was going. That's not where I was going. Where, where are you going? I won't tell you. You have only one focus. Follow me. I hope you get my point. Wherever I will take you to, you will discover. The Red Prince explained that, listen, if you know what it means to be a slave, which was what Paul used to call himself, and we're supposed to call ourselves of Christ. He says slaves, when they are bought, you are the, you are the, I don't want to use the word mercy now. That's the best, okay, because of time. You are the mercy of the, any decision that the slave owner will take. The slave, the slave master buys a slave. He says, you, you'll be my, let's use modern day, driver. This one, you'll be clearing two slaves he bought with his money. So the train wants to be a good driver. You know what it means? You'll be in an air-conditioned car most of the time. You will dress well. You'll follow me to important places. You understand? You'll sleep in good places. you eat good food. The other guy... His job is to harvest sugarcane. He will leave the house in the morning, live in some quarters on the field, and walk morning till night. Why? I own both of them. As long as what he's doing pleases me. I hope you're getting my point. But many of us will see that, ah, did you see that slave of Jesus? Yeah, the one way Jesus buy here the other time. Oh boy, I saw him. 
If you see his tux, his tuxedo, that is driver's uniform. But he happens to be driving a limo and drives like that to important places. So then they see him, you know what he's doing? He's shining. He's shining. So they say, ah. So next time they hear a guy is going to the slave market, want to give your life to Christ, they put up their hand. They didn't know that today that he came. His sugar cane field. <laughs> so they say all the slaves of the new of Oga come, they follow happily. All of you go there, go and have a bath, change your clothes to this. They're happy. Do you know after we're like, so I wonder we're going for the driving training. And the man is looking like driving training. You want to drive a combined harvester? No, 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 I don't need combined. No, what we'll do, the place is too mushy for combined harvester. You guys are going to use, you get good boots. Everybody, boots. Good boots. Above the knee length, okay? All right? So you have your swamp snakes will not bite you. Then very sharp cutlasses, and then you have good gloves. Good gloves. Good gloves for all of you. And they start escaping from the field, one by one. I hope you follow my point. Listen, the only... The only thing your eye should be on is to know the Lord and to know what he's doing in your life. What he's going to use you for, where he's going to lead you to, leave it. You will discover. See, there is no way of telling ahead of time and he's not, you are not allowed to decide for him. Did you hear those two things I said? Number one, there's no way of telling ahead of time. And number two, you don't decide for him. If you start deciding, you are cutting short your destiny. Faith means you trust. If you like, trust. If you like, you don't trust. But trust is trust. Trust him, he will take you somewhere. I hope you're getting my point. Please, let's bear that in mind. Okay? Let's go back to the thing we were saying at the beginning. So, no, I went all of that again. That's when I started talking about what, reminding us of what Christianity is. So, what Christianity is, is what God is doing in your life and my life because of Jesus. So when we talk about the grace of the Lord Jesus, we are saying his power manifested towards us because we believe in the Son. Last time I explained the issue of identification and um, substitution. Do you remember that? What does that mean? Let me just remind us of it simply. It means that um, everything that you deserve is handed over to Christ Jesus, and everything that Jesus deserves is given over to you. I hope you get my point. That's mean of substitution. What do you deserve? The wages of what? Is what? The wages of sin is death. That's what it is. That death has been paid. No death is that is no debt. You owe money. Debt. All right, is allowed to go free on this earth. Somebody must pay. I hope you get my point. The money must come from somewhere. Somebody must pay. Listen, every debt was paid, must be paid. Somebody else just has to pay it. I hope you get my point. If you are going, like, you know, the one we say it here humorously all the time, you are going on the road, you jam somebody's car by accident, you were not looking. Okay, maybe you, you were rolling a barrow, and then bam, you hit somebody whose, light, whose car is parked, you break the light. How much is this a whole wheelbarrow? 25,000. 25, a good wheelbarrow. All right, good. Now, this man's car is a 2021 
maybe just, no, 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 it's nothing like E-class, just under a cord. 2021, you can't jam light. No, the guy looks at you, looks at him. There's no point seizing the barrel because the barrel can buy the light. Look, they sell the whole barrel. He's not buying that light. You know. Then the man now starts telling him, I'm sorry, sir. After looking at your sorry, sir, self, he allows you to go. The debt didn't go away. He took it on to go and pay. That's it. He took it on himself to go and pay. That's just it. Because he just decided that, ha, huh? okay, this barrel, what are you using it to do? It's not to carry load in the market. Did they still do that? Uzo, 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 uzo. <laughs> the guy who does uzo for how many hours? At the end of the day, they give him 1,000, naira, one five. If he does a lot, they give him 2,000. Do you get my point? And this man, <laughs> the set of the lights just broke. They sell it in pairs. They won't sell him one because it's this new model. Nobody has to come on to give him. Are you getting my point? When he goes to price, he tells you it's 125000 So he has considered that if you work for him every day, to take you like, is it one and a half, one and a half months to be balancing his money? And he's collecting everything you are making. So he decides that there's no need. He should let you go. The cost to humanity is too high that you'll be paying. So he says go. Now, it's not free. He has to look for the money somewhere to solve that problem. Please never forget this. With God, it is like that too. Every transgression, every form of iniquity that has ever been committed on this earth has to be literally paid. It's not don't worry about it. You're going to see that car on the road tomorrow looking brand new. It's not, and I thought I broke the light. See the way they cry, self. I didn't even break anything. Look at the card now looking nice. You know, that's the attitude we have sometimes. When God has healed problems for us, we think it was not a problem. God is just looking like he said, should I show you what problem it was? You, take, you make a wrong decision. You take a wrong action in life. Then God solves it and corrects it. You think there was nothing wrong. Meanwhile, he Paid heavily. The point I'm making is that everything has to be paid. Everything has to be paid. Don't ever forget it. So in literal terms, Jesus actually paid for our sins. All the punishment, all the judgment due us, all right, was given to him. He took it. It's the reason why you are free. I gave an illustration last time about um, the children of Noah again, right? I remember, did I give that last time? Yeah. Right now, in all honesty, there's no reason why you should feel inferior to anybody. You are as blessed as any human being on this earth. And if that individual has not known Christ Jesus, has not given his life to Christ, you are more blessed than the person. There's no need to feel shy about it. Say, don't feel arrogant. I'm not being arrogant if I tell you I'm blessed in Christ. And if you are not in Christ... You have to come into Christ. The blessing I have in Christ Jesus is greater than the one that Noah pronounced on Shem. I hope you're getting my point. The blessing I have in Christ Jesus is greater than the one that Jacob pronounced on any of his children. Now that blessing is available to everybody. Everybody, Jew or Gentile. 
Everyone, that blessing is available. Once you are a believer in Christ, that blessing is available. There's no discrimination. Let me say this again. Let's never forget it. It is an antichrist attitude. We may not realize it. When we look, when people say things like, the man said, oh, somebody said, are you a Jew? I said, I wish I were. It's an insult to Jesus. It's a man who loved Jesus, I know, but he did not realize he was insulting him. He didn't realize it. Do you get my point? He didn't realize it. I've made you accepted in, you know, in, in, I, 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 you accepted before the Father. Then somebody says, are you a Jew? You say, I wish I were. Why? It didn't crept into the church, and I, I keep on raising my voice against it because it is, is wrong. It's an antichrist attitude. For people to still think that, you know, if you connect with a Jew, you have connected with a blessing. You have diluted the blessing in Christ. Christ forbids you for recognizing any blessing elsewhere apart from himself. Please, listen to what I'm saying carefully. The Father himself forbids you from recognizing any other blessing apart from the one that he gives in Christ Jesus. It is an insult to the plan he had for eternity. What he planned was for every, you know, what he called the wall of partitioning. He put it there, all right, or as a consequence of the way things were on the earth. But he wanted to bring a special people out through whom he would bring Christ onto the earth so that everybody will be saved. Once Christ comes in, listen to this, there is no blessing available outside. I've had big men, the priest, I was talking in the book of Galatians, Paul said that, I don't care the name, you bear. What you have means nothing to me. And I understand now what he meant when he was saying it. I've read that point, I can say that one to you clearly. I've had big men say these things and I said, no, I disagree. They said, God made a promise to Israel. And he's a faithful God, he will fulfill it. I said, don't deceive yourself. He has fulfilled it. I don't know. Did you hear what I said? What did I say? He has. he has. Not he will. He has fulfilled it. Instead of trying to contribute money to help Jews regather in Jerusalem, contribute money to, build, to preach the gospel. You know, was it last time I preached this here? That please... You want your village, your nationality, your natural nationality to be developed. Don't spend money on any other thing apart from what? The preaching of the gospel to liberate the people. I'm not saying don't give money for food and all of that. That's not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the, like, let's form a social group. Let's form a pressure group. Let's form a, a liberation group. Don't put money in it. God will punish you. you know, I'm, I'm warning you. I'm, not, I'm warning you. Put your money. Say, say please, guys, that's not my way. You know, there are different people that are trying to, like now, people want something for a country. Some people are militant. Some people are moderates, they negotiate. Say, me, me, I spiritate. Yeah, people can do your own, but me, I spiritate. What I can do for my so-called people is to preach the gospel to them because it is in this gospel. That's why, not at the beginning. Naturally, the gospel makes people ashamed. And when they are discussing it, you'll be like, you don't know what you are saying. Say, no, what we need is liberation that is found in Christ Jesus. And the point I'm making is that, listen, nobody has, the Jews need it as much as the Gentiles. 
The Jews need it as much as the Gentiles do. That is the only place where the blessing of God is hidden, is in Christ. Nobody should preach any gospel that makes it appear as if, uh, you know, uh, 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 you know Abraham's blessing is for natural descendants. It is not. It has never been. What he posted to us, the promise to was whom? And to his seed. He emphasized to us there is not seeds as of many, but seed as of one. Because of that blessing. Now, blessings are real. They are tangible. They are, if God opens your hands to the realm of the spirit, you will see it. Because of that blessing that God put in Christ Jesus, all the, anybody that was cursed as a result of the curse of Noah has been liberated. What each person now needs to do is to walk out from the place where they were. I hope you get my point. That is what God does for us in Christ Jesus. He has taken that which belonged to us, our judgment, applied it to Jesus on the cross. He applied it to Christ on the cross. On the cross. Then he took the blessing because what Jesus did, listen, this is how the life of Jesus was. He lived a sinless life provoking the blessing of God. The father said to him, now, you must understand, statements come, this statement came at different times. But when he appeared to John, and he said, this is my beloved son, in whom I am well pleased. Remember that statement? Now, what does that mean? Or what did that mean? Now, if you see the message of a priest at different times, you see things like, I talk about learning from Moses. Then I talk about, um, just give me different names of saints of old. The gospel according to Ruth. The one we have preached. Serious. Lessons from David. Okay. All right, give me another one. There are different ones. We pick people's different, um, you know. Eh? What did I say about Job? It's a series. I'm trying to, I'm trying to remember the series because I'm recommending them. Yeah, inspired by Isaac, yes. I remember that. Now. Inspired by Isaac, yeah. Okay, but the point I'm making is this. If you pick all those ones that we pick different series, we just take somebody's life and start running through it. Like, that inspired by Isaac, more than, up to 15 messages or so. We talked about that. Learning from Moses, that was long. It's actually longer than it looks initially because we had to break some things out of it. But this is where I'm going all of that. When we're doing that, there's something I kept on explaining. That actually, in none of them was I really studying or teaching about the life of any of these people. In each, I explained that we're looking at the reason why the father said, this is my beloved son. Because you will see, from birth, till that statement was made, about the age of 30, okay, when he came for baptism, next to nothing, or very little was recorded about his own active life. Now, that's a very important omission, critical. Why would the Spirit just omit that? Then the Lord helped me understand it then. That, no, it's not omitted in the Bible. It's so vast that we can't put in the Gospels. So you now look, go back to the life of David. Find out the things that pleased God in the life of David. You will find them in the life of Jesus growing up. I hope you're getting my point. Find out the things that pleased God in the life of Isaac. It was in the life of Jesus. The things that pleased God in the life of Joseph was in the life of Jesus. All those things. And you now go back to this book of Psalms. Eh? Please listen to this critically. You go back to the book of Psalms. You now see the blessing of the righteous. I hope you're getting my point. It's all over the place. You will not let his bones be broken. You will not let him go hungry. 
His children will not ever, will never hunger. Do you, do you understand my point? They will never lack help. You see different blessings of the righteous all over the place. I've been young, now I'm old. I've never seen the righteous forsaken. Or his children beg bread. It's just, you see stuff like that. It's all about the scripture. Go and read the Psalms specifically. The Psalms take time out to explain the blessing on the righteous. Now, if you go and read the Amplified Bible, he uses the word uncompromisingly righteous. I suspect, and I may be wrong, I suspect is that those men saw those blessings and saw righteous people and did not see those blessings inside their lives. I hope you get my point. So he said, no, it's in the what? Uncompromisingly righteous. They heightened the, <laughs> the demand of righteousness so that if you don't have the blessing, you'll say, I didn't meet it. What they did not understand is that indeed, if God ever counted iniquity, nobody will stand. So what God did was this. Listen to this. It's very important for you to understand the life of Christ Jesus. All those blessings were stacked up there. And John looked. Now, please, I'm adding things together. John looked and said, who is worthy to take the book and then break the seals? So we can see the things that are inside. Let me apply it this way. Who is worthy to live such a righteous life and download all these blessings and make them real in this life? And he looked and no, nobody was worthy. He began to cry. So all these blessings we hang in heaven, I will never see them. But then one of the elders said to him, don't weep anymore. Behold, the land of the tribe of Judah, the root of David, he has triumphed. He's now qualified to take the book and break the seals. Now listen to this. All those blessings that God said, blessed this, blessed this, blessed this one that we're wondering who will collect the blessing. Jesus fulfilled every single requirement to collect those blessings. There was not one word of iniquity in his mouth. He did not have sin in his heart. There was no... If God numbered iniquity, he stood. So that finally, God now stood one day and told John, this is my beloved son in whom I am well pleased. He has fulfilled everything that I require. There's only one problem now. What does he want to do with it? Nothing. So he packed all the blessings and held it. And said, you, give me all your judgment. Can we swap? Did you catch that? So that now, when you want to demand a blessing from the Father, you need to deserve it. So you go there. Say, do you deserve it? He said, yes, I do. How? In the name of Jesus. Amen. That's it. It's done. Do you get my point? <laughs> See, don't be afraid. Anything you read in the Bible, eh? Just mine is a blessing. Just say it's mine. Why? You deserve it? Do you deserve it? Yes. Good. I thought you were going to tell me no. <laughs> Why do you deserve it? I'll tell you. That is the law of identification. That is now you have been identified with Christ. So everything that Jesus did is now ascribed to you as the one that did it. And every judgment that you deserve is taken and given to him. Why is it like that? That's what it means to lay down his life for his friends. I don't know whether you're getting my point. It's a decision he made. It's a choice he made. 
It's a choice he made. He said, okay, this is high. He said, greater love has no man than this. You must understand, for, he said, for thus God loved the world. He gave his only begotten son. It is life is about giving. Yes, this is what I wanted to start from. Oh, God, I just got into it now. You know, I was, yesterday I was driving home. I was telling my wife. In fact, she got excited when I explained it. You know, God, let me tell you about who God is. In fact, my body is itching as I'm saying it. I want to describe God to us. For many of us, you see, many preachers have misrepresented him. This is the kind of God that is described to us. Steve, anything for your God? You know, there's anything for your boys? There's anything for your God? You have something? You bring something for God? Do you come to his house empty? Bring food, that there will be food in his house. Unconsciously, we're taught a hungry and needy God who needs us to go and walk and give him just a small cut. You bring me something? Tight. Okay, bring. Ah, Steve, thank you, you know. Otherwise, man for suffer, God for suffer. And there's a man for suffer. It's God. Now, we don't realize unconsciously that is the God we presented. Some of us go beyond that level. We don't, we don't know. God doesn't need money, but he needs our praise. If you don't give him praise, his head is not, it's not yet fully awake. God is booting. He's booting in the morning. So what do you use? You help him boot. You give him food. You hear things like that. Food, sorry, praise is what? The food of God. Say, hungry God, you got to feed him. You got to feed him. He needs praise. He can't, you know, he's like, he's a, he's a praise junkie. Now, let's be honest now. That's how we present him. He's a praise junkie. You got to give him his fix in the morning if you want your day to be good. So wake up in the morning. God, you are good. God, you are great. And God says, say more, say more, say more. And then he passes out. <laughs> yeah, now please, think about it well. That's unconsciously the message we pass about him. So worship him more, he needs it. Praise him more, he needs it. Thank him more, he needs it. And please, also bring more new. He needs it. As I was thinking about God, I told my wife, let us assume that you had the ability to gather all the firewood, the wood for fire that this earth has ever produced. I don't mean firewood in itself, but all the wood the earth has ever produced. All the cedars in Lebanon we read about in the Bible. All the rocos we read about in, you know, in Nigeria. All the things that we have that the earth has ever produced as wood, which the Bible says are they enough for burning, you know, for a sacrifice? You see, that's Lebanon that they are not enough. Yeah, just think about it. Now it's a, it's difficult. All right, I'm talking about the last. Okay, let's just make it simple. In the last six thousand years, you say it's that simple. Now, think about all the coal on this earth. Enugu has a lot of it. China has a lot of it. North Korea has a lot of coal. What is coal? It's nothing but buried wood. Yeah, it's wood that fell long ago and got buried and stuff like that. Yeah, that's what coal is. And then, think about all of this. Then add all the oil, crude oil on this earth and natural gas that this earth has ever had and still has. Okay? Now, listen to this. If you collected all of them, 
and you were to burn them, would that make a very huge fire? No, no. There's no catch to it. How huge a fire will it make? Massively, massively plenty. Now, let me just ask you a simple question. If he says, son, I want to help you burn better, this is what we brought to give you. What would the son do? We laugh. Thank you. See, see this great fire we have gathered. That son, you know, we've been thinking about you for the last one year or 6,000 years. We have gathered you this huge fire sacrifice. So we are going to toss it into the sun so that the sun will burn a little brighter. <laughs> you know, what would the sun do? I want somebody who understands science well to give me the answer the sun will give us. Eh? Of course, we have agreed that the sun will laugh. But there's one statement the sun will make. That someone who understands science will tell me. Eh? No. I'm looking for something. I'll give it to you if I don't get any answer in the next few seconds. No, the son will tell you, my power produced this. And if you know science, it's fact. The son will tell you, see, everything you have brought, it was made from solar energy. Go and read a bit of biology and chemistry. You get it. Everything we have described, every single thing, came out of energy absorbed by trees over years. They formed those by leaves. They formed the trees. They died. They decayed. The phytoplankton, everything that formed your crude oil, geology, you learnt it. So, in fact, if you saw this basic science, they will tell you the ultimate source of energy on the earth is the sun. Whether you are using fossil fuels, or you are using wind energy, or whatever it is, water, whatever it is, ultimately, because you see the rise and falls, is because of wind, because of heat, differential heat. So when you bring all that energy to the sun, say, let's help you burn a little more. <laughs> he will laugh. The sun will say, guys, guys, I made all of this. I made it. If I needed it, it would be from you. That's how God is. There's nothing you can give to God. Nothing. Did you hear what I said? There is nothing. Not, not because it's that. It's like you say, Kai. This is my. This is our ocean. It's thirsty, guys. Fetch two jerry cans of water. Then you go and pour into the ocean. The ocean is looking like. What am I supposed to do with that? It's a paradventure. You need something to wet yourself. The ocean looks at like, you. Said what? Eh, you know, it's good to just. We can't come to your presence empty. Are you seeing the way God is? He's a giving God. He doesn't know how to take. Okay, he said, okay, where am I going to put it? It's important we get this point. It's about those of us who preach. Let's not preach God as if he's a begging God. You see, Pastor Bank, we're not supposed to give anything to God. No, let's get it right. The only thing we ever do when we are relating with God is release the things that obstruct his blessings from entering our lives. For example, you come to God's presence. Okay, let me give an example now. You want fresh water. You go to the spring and you bring two jerichas full of water from your system. Did you hear what I said? You have a reservoir at the back of your house and you gather rainwater. Then you are coming to a fresh spring to fetch water. And the two jerry cans that you came with, the two rubber, the containers, they are full of what? Water. water from your house. What's the first thing you do? 
See, when you come before God, the only thing you empty yourself, that's the only thing you can do. It's the only thing. It's the only thing. There is nothing else. There is, don't come to God like, a, I want to give him praise so that he can feel better. Because, <laughs> you see, when you are praising, eh, you are magnifying me in your own eyes so that you will see where your help is. So when you say, my help comes from the Lord, who made heaven and earth? See, I don't need to be informed. I know I made heaven and earth. You are the one that needs to be informed. And you are the one that needs to say it again and again until all these politicians and big bosses and rich men, you know, they disappear from your eyes as if they are the source of help. It's the reason why you say it. It's not because I'm hungry for praise. If I wanted praise, I'd create mouths. I'll create mouths. I have no other job but to be praising. They just wake up and praise, 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 and I'll be bored with it because they don't, they don't even know what they're saying. You know the kind of person God is. If you wanted praise, he can praise himself, and it will be effective. Do you follow my point? Let me tell you the meaning of the word God is love. God is love means he never, ever, ever thinks of anything for himself. A man wanted to insult God, poor him. He said God is preoccupied with preserving his own prerogative. Big English that fools speak. So when I tell my son, don't talk to strangers, I'm, I'm preoccupied with preserving my prerogative in his life. It's not his safety I'm watching out for. When I say, I am God and there is none else, it's not competition. I'm preventing you from being deceived. When somebody says, break all the rules, I will help you. I'm just telling you, I am God. He is not. And if you don't want to hear from me, don't worry, I'll give you 15 years, you will learn it the hard way. It's not, I'm not competing with him on who is God. I'm trying to save you from heartache, from investing your energy, your effort, your, your, you, you know, the, the, the zeal in your soul concerning your political, academic, financial career in pursuing a man who is not God. I know politicians, all right? Of course, if you are my age, and you, you mix with enough people, many of them will be politicians. No, I feel sorry. You know, when you see politicians, they say they want to die. Eh? You don't get the point. Remember they showed a picture of President Buhari in power. Soldiers going here, cameras going here, people do like this. And the, a few days after power, they showed him going again. Some children just come, hey, say Baba. <laughs> A few children. Thank God is an old man is retiring. If you're a young person, you can't afford it. We are no longer in power. That's why they camp, decamp, and recamp, and decamp again, and recamp. Just be moving up and down. One day, I think it was um, Al Gore, who narrowly lost, very narrowly, very narrowly lost the election. Just one state. Narrowly lost the election to George Bush. Junior. <laughs> you know, I think it was um, later he became American president, Donald Trump. I think Al Gore came to see him. And Al Gore had to wait. I don't know what I get the point. The former American vice president came to see an ordinary billionaire, businessman, and he had to wait. Donald Trump said that was the day he understood why politicians had to win. He said just a few weeks ago, everybody waited for this man. 
if he had won that election, you know, the one against George Bush, everybody would have been waiting for him. Now he came to see an ordinary businessman. <laughs> He's made to wait. I read in that in Donald Trump's book. He said that day he understood. Wow. That's why politicians, he, he wasn't planning for politics. Now, why am I saying this? So, you see politicians actually, they scheme. They spend money. They spend energy. They spend everything to get connected. At the end of the day, you know what happens to most of them? Nine times out of ten, they lose out. All their effort and investments come to nothing. You know that your guy? The one that will look you in the face like this, looking at you in the face, and swear by his mother's grave that he will do this for you. After a while, the guy so disappoints you, 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 you almost die from the... Do you know, like, this kind of disappointment exists? It's the reason why God goes around telling everybody, politician, whatever you are, I am God. There is none else. He is not preoccupied with the preservation of his own prerogative. He just doesn't want you to learn it the hard way. Let me tell you what God is like. He is like the ocean. You cannot bless him with a cup of water. It's not possible. It's like the sun. You can't gather enough coal on this earth to help it heat more. Even all the nuclear reactors on this earth, with all the uranium, blow them up. On this sun is just a small flare. Just I like to tip in a little bit of science once in a while. See the rate at which our sun is burning, it can burn like this. In fact, he said it will burn like this. Now, for all the scientists, know for now, all right? For now, because I know this is knowledge changes every sixty years. You know that. <laughs> it does. It does. They will soon find out something else. They will look. By the time your children are doing physics, advanced physics, they will find out something else. But for now, they say it has enough fuel to burn like this for the next 4 billion years. After that, it will not disappear. No, 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 no. It will expand. That is, expand greatly and gobble up everything around it, including Mercury, Venus, and Earth, and possibly Mars, and then collapse into a small something, something, and still be burning like that for another how many billions of years. Now you won't go give offering of your local tree. Do you follow what I'm trying to say? That is how, God, how, how great God is. That is why, listen to me, the only thing he's doing is giving. The only thing he's doing is giving of himself. That is why it is okay with him to give his only begotten son, to take all your sufferings, so that he, have, remember we talked about it, all the blessings that Jacob labored for with God. Jesus got it. All the blessings that Abraham labored for, Jesus got it. David, all good things that anybody deserved before God, including the ones they could not deserve. Read your Psalms next time. You say, blessed is this person. You say, perfect my righteous. Just know, is blessed is Christ. Blessed is Christ. Do you get my point? In fact, I think I have another assignment for myself. I'll start underlining all those, especially in the book of Psalms. Specifically, I'm targeting Psalms. You know, blessed is this, blessed is that. You find it, if I start with from verse 1, Psalm 1, Psalm 1 verse 1. How blessed is the man who does not, you see, he gives a blessing. You see, blessing. There's blessing for the righteous all over the Psalms. 
Blessings for the righteous all over the Psalms. That righteous, I'm giving you the word of the Lord today, is Christ Jesus. When Jesus Christ came and collected all those blessings, you know he had many adversaries. Troubles? No, answer now, troubles. The Pharisees, you know them now. Yes, they, were, they had adversaries surrounding him round about. Of course, number one adversary was who? The devil, thank you. So go, go and read through the Psalms also. You see many prayers of deliverance from adversaries. I hope you're getting my point. Every one of those prayers were also prayers of Christ Jesus. There's no prayer is in the book of Psalms that has not been answered for Jesus Christ. There's none. All of those things put together are his blessing. I'm using a singular blessing now. Everything put together is the blessing of Christ. All the punishments you find in the book of uh, Deuteronomy chapter 28, 29, they are your own and my own. Yeah, they belong to us. I hope you get my point. Yeah, they belong to us. Like one, no, no, I don't, I don't like it. I hate one thing that Moses said to them. He said, by the time I finish with you, the sight you will see will drive you mad. Ah, I, I don't like thinking about the judgment that God kept there in that book of Deuteronomy. But you know who he belonged to before? No, it's me and you. Yeah. Do you know who took it finally? Thank you. That's what they call substitution. He took it. Kai to the cross. What did he leave for us? Because he's so good. Because he's so great. He left all these blessings we have been describing. Please, nobody should give you the impression. Please, I tell people, when you want to preach to somebody, don't be like, I come to our church. Ah, just come to our church. Nonsense. You get my point? That's it of like, come to our church as if we need you. Hey, come chop. Aburo, we are raining, they tell you, come and eat. I'm not telling you to come and walk. That has always been my attitude. <laughs> one day I was inviting one sister, I said, we just come around. I said, you say, you know, the problem is that we can't. I look, I said, no, wait, 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 let's get ourselves clear. Just join us online once or twice. If I'm not blessing you, who's begging you? Like, uh, not the reply she gave me was as if um, we are looking for membership. Now, wouldn't you surprise somebody treated me like that? As if I was looking for membership. I said, no, no, my sister. Eh? It's no friendship sake. We used to go to the same church. I said, just join online. I gave her this is how you join us online. Just once or twice. Once you have joined once or twice and it's not blessing you, leave this matter. Yeah. What is a first one to warn me ahead of time that, you know, I'm not a very reliable. We are not looking for membership. And I'm sorry to say this way. Please, no offense, mate. I'm not looking for your money. At all. I just felt that you need the word. You know when I see people who are not being guided by the word of God? If you see the pity I have for them. That's how come I, see, I hear my wife on the phone talking to people a lot of times. They are talking about problems they have. Maybe the person is calling from abroad, is calling from U.S., calling from U.K., calling from somewhere in Europe, or calling from Nigeria. She has only one recommendation. He said, "Then go for internet too." Somebody say, "Amen." amen. You just say, "Ah, I just go to pastor.ng." You see, my husband's messages. There are plenty there. Just go there. You, you join us online. She, that's the only prescription she has. Because how only is that? Okay, what will I now do for you now? You're having marital problems in UK. What should I do? Jump into the ocean and swim across to you? Of course, you know I can't do that. Okay, even if I could do it, 
هو اللي اجي سو فور مي when i see people not being guided by the word if you say i see i feel sorry for you where is the senior is one day one of our brothers used to be with us here then he stopped coming around and all that he drove to his house he said look i'm not angry with you nothing i just want to know one thing i want to know one thing who are your friends that's why she went he went to his house that i have just come to ask when you have issues who do you reason with who do you exchange do you get my point yeah where is your spirit flowing from because he was concerned look for him it's not about um social networking or we are feeling for forming a club no there is a flow of spirit we are tapping into it's fine you don't you don't come around with us about so where are you getting from now where and listen young ladies let me just warn you some people are looking like <laughs> now let's talk more more just more I'll finish my message just more just just more One guy comes to see you as he's going. Your friends are people to check the guy he came with. Your friends are stupid people. Yes, sir. Is it the guy he came with? One, who car up? Is that what we're coming with? <laughs> the one that makes me laugh. Like uh, Sister Hope was asking me during Ask Pastor Banky the other time. I said, people who go to investigate whether there's madness in the family. I said, listen, every family has madness. Leave that thing. See, You see, let me just tell you, young people, you are looking for people that have manners in their family. Everybody has. I don't know anybody that doesn't have. If you say you don't have, you are lying or you are ignorant. One of the two of them. So are you sure? If as well you have in your family, I do. When I was a child, they told me of one of my cousins that used to that is they used to bind him with rope. It was a cousin of mine. We share. Okay, maybe not. Yeah, no. Okay, his mother is my mother's cousin. It's not my family. Yeah, no, no, it's, no, we have one grandfather, grandparent or that we share. We have some genes. So the madness gene, I know I took some, he took some. <laughs> now say you never see trouble. Now you say you've not feel mad. This girl almost drove me mad one day. <laughs> Before I married though, I never even married. He said, what? I can't forget that day till tomorrow. That was the day I asked myself. So this is how people go mental. Yeah, I, I remember where I was, and I was walking on the road, and I thought I was going to go mental. I said, "So this is how people go mental." That is, yeah. That was the day I got my discovery. So all this, who mad, who not mad, not worry me again. I know, say, like God, Jesus came to save mad people, of which I am chief. That's all I know. <laughs> Look, see, you know, Yorubama has a saying. This is a man we never see what because himself I'm brave. You never see stress, say no fear, Chris. You know, our brother came the other day from Canada. This is a man of God. I can say this because he said it openly himself before large congregation. Shared it with us personally and also in the house. He shared it, so I can say it. I won't tell you the name, however. So after some, in Canada, I tried to settle down. Then one day, he got so frustrated, his wife had to call police to restrain him. Do you hear what I said? His own wife called Canadian police 
to come and hold a madman in her house. It was police trying to tell the wife, your husband is not mad. She said, no, he's not normally like this. He did it with eye red like this. <laughs> police did not know what to do with an adult that is we're looking at like. The guy Chris. Now, he gave the testimony himself that he went mad so much that his wife, his wife he admired for more than 15 years at that time, called the police. Yes, more than 15 years at that time. Called the police for him. You can be sure she has gone to lock her children somewhere first. Call police. Now, please, can you help me? I get a madman here, man. He had broken everything. Oh, oh no, no, he has shattered windows. Oh, you think I was just going to say, I'm mad, I'm mad, I'm call police. <laughs> he had broken windows, done all kinds of things. Our frustration. He said it that he was. It, it was sharing with us now. You were there. That what led him, he said frustration. He was so frustrated, he just saw his whole life, the world caving in on him. So please, for you to be investigating who mad, who normal, leave that thing. See this normal man you are marrying today. If the Holy Spirit does not surround him and fill him, he will go mad before your eyes tomorrow. That's what I'm just warning you about. So we will do rubbish investigation. Ask yourself, where is this man drinking his spirit from? I hope you're getting my point. That's the question to be asking. Where is he drinking his spirit from? Not to be checking the kind of car he's driving or whether there's madness in the extended family. And this, by the way, uh, let me just tell you something. Madness well treated never manifests outside. Nobody will be able to tell you. Some of these mad people you are calling about is poverty. It's poverty now. If you see your head not correct, near where there's prosperity, everything that you want to do your shoulder like this, they don't carry you to hospital. The doctor don't stab the shoulder back into place. I'm monitoring you day and night with touch light and everything. You don't take your medicine, they inject it by remote. Boom. I'm telling you. So the host will say, Oh, that family, everybody there is very quiet, very, very nice. Very, hey. All that happens that God has shown them mercy. What am I going to say? What you should be focusing on is where are people drinking their spirit from? Uh, young women, particularly, I'm talking about. Say, where is this guy drinking his spirit? Which spirit is he drinking? That's what matters. Which spirit is he drinking? So the point I'm making all of this is, listen, people of God, eh? the wealth of God is massive. The, the wealth that he has, what Jesus did, the coming of Jesus, let me explain it, or more like, let me summarize it. The coming of Jesus was to legally acquire, listen to this, legally acquire for distribution the goodness of God. That's what he did. He did. That is like, have, because of him, we now have the right to claim. That's what it means that he gave them the right or the power, the authority to become what? Sons of God. Sons are people that have an inheritance in the house. The main difference, look, you can be in the household, you understand? Everybody looking the same. Maybe the man is very nice, so whether a servant or, or slave or whatever, they all look, they all eat the same food, they all dress well, they look well. You want to know the real, you want to know who the real son is, check where the inheritance is going. That's where the inheritance is going. It's where the inheritance is going that you know who the real son is. The fact is that God, all right, has so much wealth 
to be able to give it to us, we had to become sons. How do you make sinners into sons? He sent his only begotten son. And that's how he is. Now, that's why I began into that wealth of God thing. He said, all right, because of the greatness of my power, because of the greatness of my love, because of the, how do I pour myself out? I said, God is never looking for anything for himself. He sent the only begotten son. That one came, collected all the punishment, swallowed them, took them to the cross. But before he did that, he earned all the blessings. He end all the answers. Go to the book of Psalms. Go and mark it. All those deliver me from my adversity, for there are many. That was a prayer of Jesus Christ, and the answer is for you. Do you get my point? Yes. There's no reason for God to answer you on this. Listen, again, let me just emphasize it. When you are coming to God, therefore, don't lay claim to anything more than what Christ has done. Because anyone you bring by yourself, you don't spot. It's not good. It's not. Don't ever claim how good and righteous a person you have been. Just come there knowing. I mean, how do you come claiming how good and righteous you have been when the person who gave you his debit card to use is counting in billions? Let's just bring it down to the earth. For, do you get my point? Let's just bring it for, for ease of relating with stuff. All right? He said this account has $500 trillion in it. And you have no spending limit. So you want to go and shop. One boy is now snatches your bag that contains your 50,000 naira. You go push one. <laughs> you know, if you, if you were to, if you, if, as you reflexly, because you were brought up in, you know, <laughs> poverty. So, reflexly, you want to run. You know, your friend or your wife, or like, come back. He said, he said, how much is inside the bag? 50K. He said, let him go, Joe. Didn't you say, oh, a guy gave you a card just now? That's how we do. If we come with the power of our good works, we are pursuing a chief that took our 50,000 naira. Meanwhile, the name of Jesus is inexhaustible in what he can produce. I hope you're getting my point. That is the meaning of substitution and what? Identification. Listen, I was talking about sons. We made sons of God. Sons are the ones that have the inheritance in the household. They are the ones that have the inheritance in the household. Because this mindset... So, Pastor Bank, this thing you have said today, how is it going to help me? I don't know. It's a gospel. It will take care of itself. To take care of you. My job today is to let you know that by virtue of the fact that you were crucified with him, that's what the Bible says, you died with him, that's the old man, and then you rose again with him into a newness of life. You are now a son of God. And you have inheritance in the household. That's it. By virtue of that, you are not inferior to anybody. But, oh God, I can't live without saying this now. All ancestral curses, they died with him. They were buried with him. And they were left in the grave. And when you rose up from the grave with him, you rose up with ancestral blessings. What is the ancestral blessing? You know what it is right now. Abraham's blessings. Everything that Jesus Christ worked, labored for, and pleased God for. I hope you know that's the ultimate pleasure of God was that sacrifice itself. When he offered himself on the cross, therefore God highly exalted him and gave him a name that is above every name so that at the mention of the name of Jesus, Every knee will bow 
And Jesus now gave you that same name. He said, whatever you demand in my name, I will give it to you. If you go to God the Father in prayer and ask in my name, he will give it to you. That's what I've come to say again today. That is the power of what? Identification. If you believe it, bow your heads and give a lot of thanks. That you rose again from the dead with him. Oh, again, I, was talking, I wanted to talk about that today, but we didn't get there. The meaning of the resurrection of Jesus. The meaning of that resurrection of Jesus. Oh, resurrection is the center of Christianity. Everything is about resurrection. But it's the reason why. Because it's a sign. It's a sign. I plan today to start by reading about the dry bones that Ezekiel saw. He said, son of man, can these bones live? Resurrection is a sign that the power of God is working now in your life. I read through my Bible, I found that, look, I don't know how many times, countless times the word raised up, raised up, raised up, raised up, raised up. It kept on showing up. Dozens of times you see it raised up, raised up. Because the central core of Christianity. Thank God for the sacrifice of Jesus that you were raised up with him. It's important that you were raised up with him. Just give the Lord thanks for that. Remember we read from Ephesians chapter 1, uh, chapter 2. We read from chapter 1, but I'm reading you know, just a verse from chapter 2. He said, but God being rich in mercy, because of his lo- great love with which he loved us, even when we're dead in our transgressions, made us alive together with Christ. He said, and raised us up with him, and seated us with him in the heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Oh, this is very important. And seated us with him in heavenly places in Christ Jesus. Thank the Lord this morning that you were raised up with him. He said, God can by this point to us in all future ages as examples of the incredible wealth of his grace and kindness toward us. As shown in all he has done for us who are united or identified with Christ Jesus. That's Ephesians chapter 2. I just give you verses 4. They're about to seven. Oh, I wanted to just you know, give the Lord thanks for that. So I've been raised up from the dead along with Jesus. I'm seated with him in heavenly places because I'm identified with Christ Jesus. I have access to the incredible wealth of God, the incredible wealth of his grace, the incredible wealth of his kindness, which he manifests towards me. Oh, begin to confess it. Say, Father, I thank you because all my sins are forgiven. All my sicknesses are taken away. All my confusions are taken away. All the ancestral madness that we're talking about, that every man has, has been taken away from me in Christ Jesus. In Christ Jesus, they've been taken away. Like I said, don't focus on this natural thing. Focus on the spiritual. This morning, I want somebody to focus on the spiritual. We have been too focused on the natural there is a life that God birthed to the resurrection of Christ Jesus, which is ours to take. It is ours to take. Say in the name of Jesus, failure is not my portion anymore. I don't look down on myself. My claim to victory, my claim to success in life is not my natural you know, ancestry or what I have personally experienced, but because of the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. I like the story of Peter Daniels. He said he had more relatives in prison than on the streets. All his uncles, most of them are 
in prison or ex you know, prisoners. And he they called him brain stupid. He couldn't learn anything. Then one day he heard, I think, Billy Graham preached, and his life changed. He heard Billy Graham preach, and then his life changed. And he told himself, I am not a failure, but I'm a child of God. And you know, <laughs> listen, people of God, the man began, he continued walking. He taught himself to read and write. He could hardly read and write before that time. His teacher in school used to tell him, they called that the man is, how did he, how did he used to say it? The, the woman, anyway, called him that he's not, they call him brain dead or something. The woman called him brain stupid. Later on, he wrote a book titled, Miss Phillips, You Were Wrong. Why? He succeeded so well in life because he said, there is a life of God working with me. I'm a child of God. The spirit of Jesus is working in me. That's what I'm explaining to us this morning. So I have no cause for failure. I'm not talking about natural intelligence. I'm talking about from heaven. God is packing his life into me. I want someone to tap into that this morning. So this life, where I, have, I have succeeded. I have prospered. I have, failure has been removed from my life. Why? Because of the grace of the Lord Jesus. That's what we're talking about. Father, we thank you. In the name of Jesus, we have prayed. I'm supposed to be, to be done with my preaching. Hmm? But a small round two anointing just came upon me. And the Bible says, quench not the spirit. Don't worry. I'm not going to keep it for long. But I want to give all of us an assignment, all right? This thing I say, talk about it once in a while. Just felt strongly upon my heart again as we pray. That we have to decide that in this, my life, I will see God. You know what that means? I don't mean that God will come where... No, that's not what I mean. But that this is they are preaching now. Waiting. See, Lord, what will it take? I hope you're getting my point. Now, let me say something to you. Eh? It always takes something. It, yeah, it does. It's like God gives you promised land. Say, so go and take it. It takes you to be ready to face giants. And let me tell you what it means to be ready to face giants. It means that in your mind, this old life must die. So the giant's threatening to kill you. You say, I'm not going to run. I'm coming for my inheritance. Now let me put it this way. If you kill my flesh, my resurrection body will collect this land. It's an attitude. A man came to Jesus. He said, well, what must I do to gain eternal life? Jesus said, <laughs> he knew the thing, but he wanted to go through the whole thing with the guy first. So you know the law. This, this, and that. He said, all this I have kept from my youth. What do I still lack? Jesus said, good. There is one thing you still lack. You will find it. But to, for you to find it, go and sell all you have. Eh? And give to the poor. Now, please, let me explain something here so that we get, don't get it wrong. It was not sell, it was not give that was the emphasis there. Give to the poor. It was get rid of all you have hope in. So the Lord's way of not wasting was sell it and go do what? Distribute to those who need it. Then you, let's have a new attachment in life. Come and follow me. But you know what Jesus showed that young man? Your focus is wrong. You claim you are looking for eternal life. But the main thing that matters to you most in life is what? Wealth and the security it produces, these material things. You're not looking for eternal life. 
I'm asking everybody again. Say this. See, you will look at your children eh, and you will tell them, that, I don't care what is inside your, what you have in your own mind, though. But she be, I'm your mother, I'm your father, Abby. I have decided that you will manifest the destiny of God. Seriously. Of course, you first look at yourself in the mirror and tell yourself the same thing. You know, I'm tired of people, my brethren behaving as if they are not blessed people. Just because you don't have something. Now. You don't have you wanted money, you don't have a car, you don't have this. That's not it. Sometimes the reason why God doesn't even bother to do some of these things for us for the time we want them is that He said, take your your eyes off the things that are not important now. Are you not aware that ordinary men, Buddhists, Hindus, they walk away from wealth and start walking around barefoot because they are looking for something spiritual? Then they give it to you easily. You can't even pay attention to it. I hope you're getting my point. See, I don't know how you're going to interpret this. But what I want to leave for everybody, because I've prayed about this a lot, personally. There is what Father you told us is the power manifested towards those who believe. Which is according to the working of the power that you showed when you raised Jesus from the dead. Abba, that is either a lie or it's true. If it is the truth, therefore, now, for me, I don't, even, I don't care anymore whether it's a lie or true. It's what I have lived for, for over 30 years. So, you know, my, my own case is, is, is lost now. That is, I can't, like my wife used to say, that when these people backslide, they say, I've never worried about my husband. He doesn't know where else to go. <laughs> she used to say those, those days. So when they say, man, backslide. He said, this one, where will he go? He doesn't have friends that are smoky. You can only backslide from one group of Christians to another <laughs> group. What I'm going to say that we, are, no, we, have, we have put our feet on this journey. We will see the end of it. We will see the end of it. Yeah, we will see the end of it. Like the Rabbi Zacharias used to quote, quote somebody that he thinks the problem with life is that it's not like the power of God is not real, but that people have refused to give it what it takes to tap into it. They want to hold too many things to pass through the eye of the needle. They want to, look, by your let's pray again. Say, Lord, whatever it will take for your power to manifest in my life. That's what I'm saying. Let me know it. Help me to do it. This resurrection power that we are speaking about. That removes every genetic disease from me and from me transmitting it to my children. That brings the healing power of God into my life. That is not medicine that I will be taking. Say, Lord, we've, we've heard of the testimonies of the things you did in the previous times. Do it now again in our day. Do it now again in our life. That's the prayer. Say, Lord, do it again in my, in my life. Say, I like, commit myself to the pursuit. That's what Paul said, that I may know him. And the power of his resurrection. That's what that man was pursuing. I want to know something. I want something to manifest in my life. Say, that's which was from the beginning. Which we heard with our ears. 
which we saw with our eyes, which our hands handled concerning the word of life. That's what we proclaim to you. Say, Lord, that's what I want to experience. I want my hand to handle something that I can proclaim. I've been called to be a witness. A witness. Somebody will say, yes, this happened to me. I saw this. The Lord did this in my life. This is the manifestation of the resurrection power of Christ Jesus. Say, Lord, that's what I give myself to today.